This is the ZMAR Podcast. Elite Benefits of America helps small and mid-sized companies with their health insurance programs. And now, your host, Butch ZMAR. Welcome back to the ZMAR Podcast. The weather is breaking in Chicago, um, and my 50-mile training run is started uh, underway uh, with the first uh, milestone being 50K starting in May. And so the weather is breaking. I know for the scuba uh, enthusiasts out there, the scuba diving is definitely going to be opening up uh, soon. So make sure if anybody has any equipment to get checked out, make sure you get that done because you don't want any delays for a good summer especially after pandemic shutting everything down in 2020, uh, get back out there. Current events, uh, there was the COVID-19 stimulus bill that was passed. Part of that was um, related to healthcare, and that's why I'm going to address some of this stuff. They kind of give you a high-level overview, what to look for, what to look out for, what's the reality of all this. Part of the stimulus bill, um, they have in there one of the biggest changes with Obamacare since 2010. They're basically making changes for the subsidy requirements right now currently the cap is 400 percent above the poverty level and each state could be a little bit different like for example illinois has one of the highest medicaid income brackets in the entire country and therefore the numbers are a little bit skewed compared to what the national averages are the number they use for the obamacare or the affordable care act for the in order to get subsidies it'll go up to income caps of 400 percent above poverty what does that really mean so like a single person currently uh, making roughly fifty one thousand dollars a year does not qualify for a tax credit and um and so they just make a little bit too much outside the window if they made thirty five thousand dollars a year they would qualify for some element of tax credit um, and that would vary based on a percentage of the premium, which is indirectly related to age, which is what the Affordable Care Act was trying to avoid, so it wasn't age discrimination, but um, it is a percentage of the premium, which obviously is offset by age. And so the higher the income, the less subsidy, tax subsidy you would get, the lower your premiums until it's gone, and because there is a threshold. Family, let's say a family of three that made $90,000 uh, most likely will not qualify, even though you and I know $90,000 to raise a family in the Chicago area is probably not enough anyways. But um, the gov- government determines the affordability of health care, um, part of the Affordable Care Act, uh, not you. And so, but what they did do with the stimulus bill that the Biden administration, I think, is still yet to sign, but it passed the House and the Senate, so it's moving right along, is that they're going to basically eliminate that income cap on those limits to make more people eligible for the tax credit. And so... I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like and what the premium versus the tax credit's really going to be um, because we don't have any calculators yet. It, it's still in the works. But so that single person that made 51000 that didn't qualify for before will now qualify for it. It is a limit of time that you could do this and expires in two years based on current uh, regulations. So the most you would pay is $8,500 a year. The government would help subsidize and pay the rest. I'm not a big fan of doing this, maybe for the short term, I don't know, about two years. We're just putting the Band-Aid over the true problem. What are also part of the stimulus package is that they made subsidies available. And again, subsidies is taxpayer dollars being redistributed to uh, lower health care premiums for individuals and families. So the subsidy is now being um, rechanneled also to COBRA premiums. So if you ever lost uh, your health insurance through your employer due to job loss, furlough, 
or uh, switching jobs to a new employer doesn't offer. And when you decide to elect COBRA, you have usually typically have up to 18 months. The COBRA is the name of the act. I don't remember specifically the acronym, but it was passed, I believe, in the late 80s. And it was a provided portability between plans only for employer-sponsored plans. And that was there so that people didn't have to go through a pre-existing clause every time you switch employers. And so if you had credible coverage, which is through another employer, and you moved it to another employer, as long as you didn't have a break more than 63 days, you didn't have a pre-existing clause. So people were able to move from company to company and not have a worry about health insurance. Um, There is a cap of 18 months. It is the same exact plan you had at your previous employer. And if the employer, previous employer switches plan profiles, they will send you an election form to finish out your term on COBRA on the new plan, but uh, you pay full, full cost. And so some people always thought that COBRA was a separate plan. It is not. It's the same plan as your previous employer. And then the full cost of the premium. So everybody thought COBRA just charges a ridiculous amount, but that's what the employer was paying your reduced premium that was coming out of your paycheck was only a benefit of actually working for that employer. That's why every employer, the premiums are different and what comes out of your paycheck for payroll. And then it's always different based on COBRA premiums because each employer has a different premium model and structure and plan design. And so that therefore the premiums are different. But what they're talking about doing or what they did put in the stimulus uh, bill is getting provided 100% subsidy towards that premium. And so to help you bridge the gap of no income and when you leave your employer. I don't know about 100%. I don't technically agree with this. Um, again, it's what we're trying to do is bridge a gap so that employees could transfer without you know, or just with less worries from one company to another during a pandemic. But you're eliminating any skin in the game. And so I just think it's kind of like uh, raising children. If you don't put their skin in the game and make them responsible for things, they get to take advantage of more and more things. You give an inch, they take a mile. It's the same thing here. Um, I just think that dollars could be better suited elsewhere. But all this is going to do is give money away to those people who could really afford it. It's free money to them. And I guess why not, right? But the reality is, is that somebody else has to pay the bill over time. And Uh, What I mean by that is just like any other tax incentive bill that's redistributed through a program from the federal or state level, somebody has to pay for that. It's not free. And so where is that going to come from? Obviously, increased taxes. I mean, this thing is projected to be $34 billion over the next couple of years. And so uh, it's a ridiculous amount. And sure, they probably borrowed or stole from someplace. Uh, I didn't read the details on that. But still, somebody has to pay pay that back. And therefore, some people are going to pay more. In ta- actually, a lot of people, the taxpayers are going to pay more over time. They pay that all back. And I just think it's unfair because you could get somebody that makes $100,000 a year and still qualify to have health insurance subsidy help pay for the premiums when somebody that made $100,000 may more than likely be able to afford whatever they, they have. Or if somebody, a family that makes $250,000, they're still going to get a tax credit to reduce that premium. It's trying to solve a problem in one area and creating more in others, which is a typical government move where they focus so much on a smaller area and not at the big picture. And then it ends up costing more over the long run. I mean, look at Obamacare. It costs more than what it was projected when it first was written um, and signed into law. And so it's just going to be more of the same. I do think the tax credit subsidy is a blessing in disguise since the beginning because it, it allowed 
small or families, small businesses, business owner, self-employed entrepreneur that was struggling to pay the health insurance bills and the, their mortgage and put food on the table and put food on, oh, I'm sorry, clothing on their kids and send them to school and sports, whatever it might be, there's struggles there. And so the tax credit, the subsidy allowed to put more cash back into the home or the business for that matter to help refuel the economy, their own personal economy, um, which obviously benefits everybody. But I, I think it's just gone a little bit further uh, than it really needed to. I think that the credit should have been there, but I think it should have been left up on a tax return. It should not have been an advanced premium tax credit. We wouldn't have had to overhaul the healthcare system back in 2010. And so, uh, yes, there was problems with it. They should have focused on those. But the subsidies are there it's just to really just to soften the blow of high premiums. So people are not seeing it. During the Obama administration, there was they had to sign in where the tax credit was had an automatic increase every single year. So if you did nothing and just let it, the policy renew by itself without making plan changes or reviewing it, they automatically increased your tax credit based on assumptions so that you didn't see the increase. And so there was times where we would talk to clients and their premiums actually went backwards because of the tax credit going up. Uh, it softened a blow for the increase. So nobody saw the 13% increase or 18% increase, or in some cases, much higher than that. They didn't see it because the government softened the blow. And so it's your rich Uncle Sam just providing more money. And um, that's really what it comes down to. And again, some people are not going to care. They pay enough in taxes. They want some money back. And I still think that there is a good element of the American public that qualifies and fits the mold. I just think it should have been done on a tax return, just like earned income credit, which is you know a huge fraud area on a tax return. But yeah, usually you, if you fill it out yourself, you can do it. Otherwise, tax preparers do it. And I think that the healthcare subsidies should have been done at the taxpayer level or da- tax preparer level or CPA, just so that you could rule out a lot of other future problems because there's a lot of surprises on a tax return because you didn't fill out that um, application correctly. And we're going to get to that too, because this stimulus bill is going to create an impact on employers. And so the employer base is actually going to see small, uh, it's not going to be huge. I think some of the small businesses more so where you're going to see some employees decide that they're going to go leave the group plan and, and go to subsidized health insurance plans. And um, because they may or may not qualify, but they might get more. And so they're going to try to get less of a health insurance premium by just making the switch. And this is assuming that they're not looking at any other factors such as provider network coverage or anything else that's related to any due diligence on a healthcare plan. They're just going to look strictly based on cost. So that's going to change and shift a premium model for the employer depending on when the renewal is and how many people come off because in a lot of cases, the premium model is based on the participants in the plan. So if you lose 10 employees and you're a smaller employer, you're going to see some adjustments and it's going to go up versus down. And so you're going to see some of that and the risk pool is going to change. So you might be left with the unhealthier people in the group, which means bigger increases depending on which plan design and I call it healthcare chassis. So if you're underwritten plan or not, because the fully insured right now is ACA community rated premium. So there is no underwriting, but if you're trying to be savvy in the marketplace of some of the programs that even we recommend, you're going to see some changes in those premiums. 
again, it, it, it actually may not even be worth the hassle of even looking at it because in some cases you may qualify for the credit, but if you were paying for health insurance premiums out of your paycheck and your employer was compensating for you in some ways, you it, it may not, you're not going to gain a whole lot. You got to look at the big picture. You can't just flee because you might get hundred percent of the premiums paid for. There's going to be some missing items on that checklist that you need to go over. So, which Brings me to employee word of caution. So when you fill out that subsidy application, there's going to be employer questions on there. I tell you, even all the way up until now, a lot of people missed this employer question or they intentionally lie or unintentionally, I guess, because they don't know how to fill out an application because they don't do it often enough. The questions could be really confusing because they were actually written by somebody that the government actually hired. Um, and you're not really sure what the back end and or the reason why the question's even there. And so uh, just be careful when those employer questions come up about, does your employer offer an affordable health plan? Well, it's affordable is relative. You just have to be honest with the questions. Don't lie or fumble through the questions because this is going to come back to haunt you. You will eventually have to pay back the money, either some or all of it. So this is a concern that if you go in the government website or work with a broker through an exchange platform to qualify for the tax credit, and uh, you fill out this questionnaire about your employer and what they're compensating you for benefits, if you fill this out incorrectly, you could be asked for all that money back. So if you collected $10,000 in health insurance premium tax credits, you may have to, at tax time, write a check back to the government for the 10 grand that you just took. Now, there are some other ways to reduce that, but I'm just saying the reality is, is you have to be very strategic with this. I'm not, never would say uh, the lie. Um, some people will misinterpret some of the information, but you only go with the information you do know. You, you can't predict the future and you're not penalized for being wrong. And so if you put in there and say, well, I think some of the things are affordable, but not, and you put in some, whatever the questions are based on the information you have now and it ended up being not true, it'll get reconciled in the tax return. So there's not a worry of being wrong. You're not going to be penalized with interest and they're not going to come and take a put a lien on your house or anything crazy like that but just be concerned that there there are some things there now if you work for an employer that has at least 50 employees or or more there's reporting requirements by the employer showing what type of plan and who's on the plan and whatnot and so they may already see that there's other plans. And then if you're trying to get the tax credit, the employer is going to get a letter saying that an individual is trying to get a tax credit there and they'll ask for follow-up questions based on deemed affordability and what type of plans that are even available through the employer. And so it could come back to haunt you on the back end because they're going to do investigations to make sure there's uh, no fraud. Now, if the employer is less than 50 employees, there's very minimum uh, uh, reporting on this. Um, So, you're more likely to get away with it. But again, if you get caught, the government's going to still come back and ask for some or all that money back. Hey gang, ever wonder what it's like to be a small business owner? It's confusing. Weird expenses coming out of nowhere. And when you throw in health insurance, forget it. Nobody understands how that works. If you own a business, big or small, it's one of the biggest expenses you have all year long. And yet, we all wait until open enrollment at the end of the year, and then we think to ourselves, next year, next year I'll get a jump on it. And then it's another year of paying way too much. If you're a business owner, big or small, HR representative that wants to impress the boss, give Butch Zemar of Elite Benefits of America a call. Save yourself or your boss 
thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars a year. Reach out to Butch right now, 708-535-3006, or shoot him an email, butch at elitebenefits.net. And be sure to check out the Zmar podcast. Don't wait till the last minute. Put Butch Zmar to work for you now. Now, for the employers, I would say this is the open enrollment offseason for you, for you. This is the time right now to get, build your checklist, start going through what needs to be done and what projects to work on. You have time now. You're not jammed up to making decisions on health plans, how you're going to roll it out. Are you using technology? Or are you not? Are you changing anything such as contribution or adding new plans and making sure that it gets rolled out to the employees with enough time to spend? speak to their spouse or family members, and get back and actually enroll in a plan. You don't have those deadlines right now. And so my recommendation is work with the broker, build your checklist, figure out what needs to be worked on, what's higher priority, especially for those small businesses. When I say small, especially under 100 employees in Chicagoland, we'll help with this, but there's documentation and disclosures that are supposed to go out. Make sure you work with your broker and get those taken care of. Look at other programs to help reduce your costs, such as our HRA, health reimbursement arrangements, maybe even implement HSA plans. Highly recommend at least make it available. There will be HSA savvy uh, employees there that really just want it and take advantage of it. And there's a couple different ways you could actually strategize for the employee to take advantage of tax laws, as well as put money away either for future medical expenses or potentially another retirement fund for them. There's other programs, even wellness programs. I'm not huge on them, but I know some people are. And so, uh, but those are the things that you need to evaluate now. Compliance, reporting requirements, all these things just to make sure that you're doing everything you're supposed to. This is the time to try to get it done. Most employers under 1,000 employees um, probably should get all this stuff wrapped up by August, September. So that way, October and November, you're finalizing everything with the rollout in November to December. And that way you're not scrambling at the last minute, which makes it harder on the broker that you're working with because they're trying to put all these last minute changes. The insurance companies are overloaded in the fourth quarter. At least if you start early enough, you could get everything reconciled, everything buttoned up. And even in some cases in a perfect world, the insurance company uh, will be able to send out to your employees their actual insurance cards for the new year, maybe even before Christmas if we get everything wrapped up, and maybe even sooner for January 1. And so that way there's less concerns with the employee. You get a little more confidence. And I recommend start looking at those changes now. There's publications we're reading on this side that employees are looking to leave after the pandemic's over, if you want to call it that. Uh, they're looking for other options. They're looking for better health plans. Be the employer choice. Make those changes now. Talk to your employees and let them know that you're looking at these options so they're aware so they don't go out there shopping for a new employer with better coverage when you're actually trying to provide it for them. So that wraps it up for this week. Uh, enjoy the nice weather. I know it's going to go down a little bit in Chicago, but I think spring is coming. I think Groundhog Day was wrong, but here we are. And uh, let's go enjoy it and uh, look forward to a better summer for 2021.